And we're back, as Richie Rich would say. Captain's Log, start date 7-17-2022. I said that wrong compared to the way I normally say that. <laughs> Sounded good. But hey, whatever. You're the captain. This is Free Talk Live. We are a live call-in radio talk program where you can take control of the airwaves and talk about whatever is on your mind. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the Lord Reverend Dr. Captain Kickass. Joining me, Steve Classic. And Nikki. <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, I'm. I'm. <laughs> you throw I'm, it back to I'm me. turning around and, uh, <laughs> yes, part of the job of the first chair host is to occasionally press some buttons and turn some dials. Whether or not I get them right, I guess, you know, only the folks listening will be able to tell us. But uh, yeah, every now and again you gotta you gotta make a little adjustment. So sounds great. Uh, so you do a great job, Captain. Hey, thanks, man. I, I I don't know if I actually do, but oh, uh, we're doing a radio show, I guess. So yeah. here we I guess are. So. Yeah. It's the abnormal Sunday crew. Right? We mm. haven't had the actual normal Sunday crew for quite some time. Is this the normal Sunday crew? This is the abnormal Sunday oh, crew. Oh, it's the abnormal. Because you're the, uh, yeah, you're the, the third, whatever, third Sunday of the month. Yeah. I think yeah. that's I'm how, part-time, how you part-time. Yeah. Uh, you're, the, uh, you're like the substitute teacher. Right. Like, Anything like, goes. So we're going to watch a movie? <laughs> He's going to roll in the AV cart <laughs> with the top load VHS yep. player, and we're going to watch a cartoon that right. was produced in 1963. <laughs> Uh, the dinosaur <laughs> has the brain the size of a... <laughs> we'll fight over who gets to turn the film strip whenever the cassette goes beep. Yeah, and it yeah. lets you Be know kind, that, rewind. It's, that it's your turn to... I'm showing my age here. Oh, boy. Um, so we're going to do something different tonight because we have this bit uh, from fee.org. And it is 12 Truth Bombs... From Milton Friedman. If you don't know who Milton Friedman is, I will tell you. Good. He's an American economist. He rose to prominence in the second half of the 20th century as one of the leading critics of the prevailing economic theories of John Maynard Keynes. His uh, his economic philosophies are known as Keynesian Keynesian Keynesianism, and they are wrong, <laughs> in my opinion. I, I won't. And we'll find out. Yeah. Uh, anyway, his mixed economy model became the standard. Uh, this is Keynes, uh, for many developed nations during and after the World War II era. Friedman was born in Brooklyn to a Jewish family of modest means in 1912. He distinguished himself scholastically at a young age. After graduating high school at age 16, he attended Rutgers University, where he studied math and economics. He continued his education at the University of Chicago, where he received an M.A. in economics and would ultimately retire in 1977 after more than 30 years of teaching, a year after receiving the Nobel Prize for his contributions to economic science. So the dude is revered. He won a Nobel Prize for economics. So. I mean, he was out of the high school at 16? Yeah. So, yeah, he's pretty smart, I yeah, think. Yeah. Smart dude. Smart dude. Friedman continued writing and speaking publicly through various mediums, magazine columns, and television academic journals, and newspaper op-eds until his death in 2006. So I figured, well, there's 12 of these things, and we have 12 segments in a show, four per hour. Wow. I mean, I couldn't have asked for them to write a better article. I just thought we'd lead each Yeah, it sounds segment. like you're, you're good at math, too. Well, thank you, Milton Friedman, right? <laughs> you know, for showing me the way. 
Yeah, because Keynesian, and they'd be like, oh, I don't know if we have enough to do 12 or whatever. Right? <laughs> we have to multiply 12 times the amount we, of hosts that yeah, are here minus short, the listeners. The show. <laughs> and then the state would have to approve it after you buy your license. All right, so without further ado, uh, The Economist, uh, that's a publication, has described Friedman as a giant among economists and the most influential economist of the second half of the 20th century. And so, number one of the 12 things he said to serve as food for thought. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Are we starting with number 12 and then going to number one? Like counting up or we're no, just counting down? we're just going to go oh, one, one through, through 12. 12. Okay. One through 12. Okay, yes. thanks. Yeah, it's not like the top five at five. I'm not oh, Casey okay, right, Kasem. Right, yeah. I'm not. Here's your long distance dedication. And now, number one. Well, we just want to make this really complicated. <laughs> Are you guys sure you're... Not Keynesian? That's kind of what Keynesian economics We're, we're wasting time here. Number one, underlying most arguments against the free market is a lack of belief in freedom itself. Sounds true, legit. True. I would say true. I mean, I it, it has to be because we don't even have a free market in what is supposed to be the freest country in the world, right? mm-hmm. which we know it isn't. It's the largest empire in the world. Uh, the market itself is anything but free. You know where, a, where you can find a relatively free market? Uh, I do not know. Garage sales. Yeah. Yeah, well. I love a good garage sale. And you have to pay with cash. So when the cash goes away, then they're going to start taxing, taxing garage sales. Like with, C, uh, with the uh, central bank currency. Bitcoin. Yeah, we've done Crypto. stories about like, you know, the man will show up at a garage sale and be like, oh, you can't sell that. Right. And then you'll get a 1099 saying that you made more than $600 on stuff that you've already purchased with taxable. And taxed, yeah. yeah, yeah. Taxed. With money that you've right. earned that you've been taxed on <laughs> exactly, already. Exactly, right. Yeah, you know. uh, we've done stories about uh, lemonade stands. Right. Yeah, I was just thinking yeah. that, where the cops come and harass little kids. Do you have a, tax Do you have a permit? permit? Yeah, sales and use permit. Yeah. Uh, no, sir, I'm six. <laughs> yeah. uh, these lemons aren't registered with the Board of Lemon Distribution. Right. Uh, you can't use these in your lemonade. I'm afraid we're going to have to confiscate those, and then they take them home, and then have, have their own kids make lemonade and sell it out on the, their front lawn or whatever. So, yes, definitely, underlying most arguments against the free market is a lack of belief in freedom itself. I maintain that there is a huge portion of the population of the United States that does not believe in freedom. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately. 82%? 82%? Yeah. Like, yeah, I was about to say the majority of it. Uh, yeah. Like the overriding attitude when you start speaking to people about freedom, their first reaction is, oh, yeah, I'm American. I'd love freedom. And then you go, "Okay, well, have you noticed how much you don't actually have? What do you mean? And then you start laying it out for them. Well, uh, we just did the bit about taxes. Right. (laughs) Right. So you start laying that out for them. Like, oh, well, but without taxes. Who's got to pave the roads? Who's got to pave the roads? And and how would we protect ourselves from foreign invasion and like all of the. To us, as libertarians, anarchists, freedom-oriented people, voluntarists, whatever you want to call us. Free thinkers. Free thinkers. We've heard all these arguments, and we know they're ridiculous because there are solutions for every one of them. And you're not going to see them. The rest of the United States, the rest of the world is not going to see them because the government claims monopoly on these products and services. They don't allow competition, period. If the police in my town do a crappy job of security... Too bad. Pay up or go to jail. <laughs> and if you don't want to go to jail, they purport the authority to shoot you if you don't like it. That's right. So 
Yeah, there is no free market. Can either of you name a thing that you've purchased in your entire life that wasn't somehow attached or regulated by government? That sounds incriminating. I choose not to answer this question. Okay. <laughs> most people... Most Am I legally required to answer that question? You are not. This, Am I'm I being not detained? <laughs> Am I free to go? <laughs> Wait, let me see if I can... You're, you're detained now. Okay. Hey. Yeah, the captain's okay. got the cough button. Don't cut my mic. I, I got I got mute buttons. Also, no mic drops. I just want to say this this equipment's expensive. Yeah, well, well, also a little difficult to disassemble, yeah. but just, you know. You're right. I just want to say the equipment is sensitive. Well, if, if the people who drop the mic have never paid for the mic. That's this, a good point. This is often the case. Yeah. I, I don't know that I've ever seen anybody do a mic drop where they <laughs> owned the mic. What about the rock and roll guys the smashing the guitars? That's mm. a little different than a mic drop. And uh, usually with the smashing of the guitars, those are staged. Uh, I've, I've, Come on, I've, don't ruin this for me. A cheapy $100 guitar. Yeah. No, I've seen like where they like literally perforate the guitar before the show. So like it kind of looks like the guitar that the guy was just playing, but you know they hand him a fake guitar like at the last end of the song or whatever that kind of thing. And so when they go to smash it, it just smashes easily because they perforated it already. I would have been fine not knowing that. Just ruin that for me. You're welcome, <laughs> and I'm sorry. Wait, I'm sorry, and you're welcome. It's all right. I like to know the truth. Did it you know, was good for me. Did you know that when you see all the big uh, speaker cabinets at concerts, that a whole bunch of them are empty? Really? Oh, don't don't ruin it for us, Captain. Ruining Ooh. your musical experience here on Free Talk Live. More coming up, 603-283-6160. And we're back. Yes, it is Free Talk Live. We're a live radio calling program where you can take control of the airwaves and talk about whatever's on your mind. The telephone number here in the studio, 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. In the studio, it's myself, the captain. Steve Classic. And Richie Rich. Oh, I mean, <laughs> Nikki Sunshine. Gosh, Richie, I've really never said this to a man before. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Where's your Bitcoin shirt? <laughs> you Under look, this dress. You look different, shaved. <laughs> I clean up well. <laughs> You've got your hair done the whole nine yards. Yeah. Uh, we've been talking about this story from Fee, which is 12 truth bombs. Uh, according to Milton Friedman, the Nobel Prize winning economist. And number one was... Basically saying uh, the underlying most arguments against the free market is a lack of belief in freedom itself. And I think we covered that pretty well. Uh, I don't think there is a whole lot of people who value freedom in the United States. If you are one of these persons uh, and you you know want to move to a place where there are other people who value freedom as much, if not more than you, uh, consider relocating to New Hampshire as part of the freedom migration you can find out uh, all about that over at the uh, freestateproject.org. Uh, and there's a whole bunch of other things that you can check out. You can check out 101reasonsfilm.com for 101 reasons to move uh, if you're into that kind of thing. So we're going to kick off every segment 
with another one of these truth bombs from Milton Friedman. So number two, I'm in favor of legalizing drugs. According to my value system, if people want to kill themselves, they have every right to do so. Most of the harm that comes from drugs is because they are illegal. Also, most drugs aren't really harmful. Most drugs won't kill you. Like LSD probably won't kill you. Mushrooms, weed. Yeah. You know, there's some things like heroin and meth and crack. Those things could definitely kill you, but not unless you have excessive use. You know, Mm -hmm. if you do, if you like smoke crack once, it's very unlikely that you're just going to die. And like the legal one is right prescription right opioids yeah the, but uh, yeah I'm, those will kill you that's legal i'm talking about alcohol right you <laughs> oh, know like, oh, yeah. that one will kill you right right but kills way more people than the other drugs yeah definitely and i don't know that there has ever been anyone who's overdosed on marijuana i don't know i know plenty of people who do plenty of marijuana or have done plenty of marijuana right. and like like i one time like i had joined a band and like my drummer's girlfriend or somebody brought over a killer joint and it was like some of the best we'd have ever had even to this day and i kind of got a little dizzy i'd been drinking already and like you know that when you combine yeah. the two it's a little you know and so right. i had to lay down for a minute it was that potent but like I didn't know D. I just you can't OD on yeah, pot. I, so I think you would just get so stupid you wouldn't know how to light the joint. But I think the bigger point is that the violence found in we'll call it the drug industry for lack of a better term because it's all underground, right? The illegal drugs, right? Not the over the counter stuff, not the prescription yeah. stuff. Uh, but even including that, uh, it is the entity most folks refer to as the government that brings the violence to these situations. It's, uh, as far as the prescription and over-the-counter stuff, it's the regulations involved with, oh, you got to have a license again, mm-hmm. and you can't sell too much of that, and you know they don't want people making bathtub cranks, so they got to track <laughs> how many Sudafeds are sold, or whatever it is, right? right? Um, and then with regards to, we'll call them illegal drugs, or the black market drugs, there's been one thing that has reduced the violence in black market drugs more than all of the law enforcement agencies combined, more than all of the legislation combined worldwide. And that was the Silk Road. That was Ross Ulbricht and the Silk Road. He took the violence out of uh, buying and selling drugs. Well, and you know what? There's also been countries and certain cities that have decriminalized drug use, and they saw crime rates go way down yes and and that's time and time and time and time again but the legislators don't want to admit that they don't want to be like oh we were wrong and we shouldn't have made all these stupid laws that bring violence into people's lives when they're just trying to like find a little escape from their lives when they're trying to be recreational about it but when you take the drugs from the drug dealers and now the government is dispensing the stuff who's worse I mean, uh, yeah. I, well, that's the thing. They want a monopoly on drug addiction. Yes. And the violence that goes with it. Right. <laughs> right. Know. They want the control over the situation, or at least to be able to exert the violence. They're, they're the only entity bringing the violence. If it wasn't for government, uh, drug cartels, at least the, the, as they operate in the United States as gangs, they would just be turned into businesses. Right. 
like legit businesses. You'd see like pop-ups, you'd see storefronts, you know, like you do with mm-hmm. marijuana where it's been legalized uh, in, in a whole bunch of states now. Massachusetts, Washington, Colorado, Colorado were, the, yeah. were the first couple to go and there's been, you know, I don't know, a dozen or right. so that have followed in their footsteps and there's more coming. But what happens in those areas is yes, it's still highly regulated, but People open a store. <laughs> and they pay taxes. You can go online and be like, oh, I'd like some Kush, and I'd like some Purple Durple, and I'd like some, oh, do you sell accessories? Oh, you got edibles. I want some chocolates, yeah. too, right? And don't forget the sales tax with that. Well, okay. <laughs> but, but my legal, point is but. that when you legalize it, you take the violence out of it, right? right? The criminal. So activity. what I don't like is these states uh, that are making it legal and regulating the crap out of it in washington state alone they are taxed close to 50 percent at every level so the growers they're taxed almost 50 percent that's crazy the distributors are taxed almost 50 percent and then the retail stores themselves are taxed at almost 50 percent and if you run one of those three businesses you cannot be involved in the other two so if you're a grower you can't be a retailer or a distributor oh wait so the government doesn't want a monopoly (laughs) <laughs> they don't want no they want to monopolize the segregation of these businesses wow. what they don't want is somebody growing being their own self-distributing and then yeah. selling their own thing which why not what's wrong with that if i own you know a 20 farm. acres of land and i have no use for my my land and i want to grow a profitable crop why can't i grow my own why can't i have some sort of a manufacturing facility yeah. in my garage roadside stand r- roll my own <laughs> joints and sell them on the on the side of the road like right. they do tomatoes and right. squash exactly. come to the farmer's market have some have a bushel right why why not, right? Why can't you have a, a guy selling weed at the farmer's market, right? Yeah. Set up a stand at the uh, the flea market, right? Or the right. carnival or whatever, right? right? You know, <laughs> who cares? Why Why is none of that allowed? It must be the taxes, or the control, it's the or control. both, control and taxes. So I just looked up from prisonpolicyinitiative.org. Mm-hmm. One in five people incarcerated are locked up for a drug-related offense. Yes. So one in five. Yeah. And how much does that cost to keep those people there? Uh, a lot. 36000 40000 50000 40000 a year per person. Yeah, so the next time your legislators want to uh, you know, cry that they don't have enough money to do something, tell them to let some of these drug offenders out of jail and recoup that money. 603-283-6160. Coming up, more of the 12 truth bombs from Milton Friedman, plus your call. 603-283-6160. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com.
we're back. You should do it in like the style of uh, the flock of seagulls. Like, and we're back. We're back again today. All right, we'll change it up. I don't. Next time. Yeah. Just pop. Nikki's my... got the next one. So. I don't. I don't have the. You know that flock of seagulls hairdo. I used to have one. That of little those. like one wing hanging oh, over right. the front yeah. of his face, like kind of a thing. It's like a Vito's peak. I'm not, okay, those of you watching over at video.freetalklive.com might be able to see Nikki trying Maybe. to. Loosely imitate the flock of seagulls guy. But anyway, yeah. Um, We are back, and it is Free Talk Live. The telephone number in the studio, if you want to call, is 603-283-6160. We're talking about these 12 truth bombs from Milton Friedman, and we'll get back to that in just a minute. You could talk about whatever's on your mind. If you're bored with this, you don't like whatever, or you want to talk about something important to you, feel free to call 603-283-6160. And I also have to tell you that Bitcoin.com is the best source for learning about cryptocurrency. You can go there now and click on Get Started right at the top of the page. And when you do that, you're going to find all sorts of valuable information neatly organized to suit your needs. There's no longer any excuse for you to ignore this important and world-changing information. If you are already knowledgeable about crypto, you can check out news.bitcoin.com and get the latest headlines of all the news that's relevant to you. Bitcoin.com is your source for everything crypto, like getting a wallet, mining, trading, and all the latest cryptocurrency news, all on a very slick and easy-to-use website. Visit Bitcoin.com. And I want to give a shout-out to Jamie Redmond. Uh, I'm not paid to say this at all. He's just my favorite writer over at news.bitcoin.com. I really like his content, and so should you. Don't tell me what to do. (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell me not to tell you what to do. Wait. All right. The captain continues. Oh, does he? Oh, right. We're doing a thing. Forgot. <laughs> it's the top of the segment. Thanks for keeping me on my COVID okay, yeah. toes. <laughs> Those of you listening at home, you don't know why we're laughing about COVID toes, but COVID toes is a thing, and we'll we'll let Nikki tell you about that in a minute. But first, uh, number three from Milton Friedman's Truth Bombs. With some notable exceptions, businessmen favor free enterprise in general but are opposed to it when it comes to themselves. What does that mean? Yeah. (laughs) With some notable exceptions, businessmen favor free enterprise in general, but they're opposed to it when it comes to themselves. That is uh, from a lecture titled The Suicidal Impulse of the Business Community. I don't know this for a fact, but I'm going to guess that he's implying the phenomena we see where uh, a bunch of businesses get together and try to lobby the government to stifle some Clued. other form of business. Um, we saw this with the taxi companies versus Uber, Uber right? When that came out, uh, I had a story for show prep. And let me see if I can find it real quick. I don't remember. Well, and you know was. what? All that does is keep the rest of society down. So if other industries and other businesses aren't able to constantly develop and change, and because Uber was great, yes. Uber gave people exactly what they wanted. It was an easy to use interface. It was a ton of drivers for Uber. I would, when I need an Uber, I go on my phone and somebody comes in like five minutes to pick me up. Yeah. Uh, if you live in a highly populated area, sometimes it's so quick. You're just like, really? They're here already? Like, I barely hit send. And <laughs> yeah. like, yep, we're here. I'm like, well, well, really? like, I'm not even ready. <laughs> like, geez, man, let me finish my beer. Speaking yeah. of beer, uh, I have a, a, a story from Reason. New Jersey cracks down on breweries 
for hosting trivia nights and serving food. Oh, come how, on. How dare these breweries host trivia nights and serve food? What is wrong with them? So this is exactly the same thing as the Uber and the taxi thing that we were talking about. Oh, this is the businessmen who want free markets, but whoa, not not really. So in New Jersey, uh, regular bars, that is booze-serving bars, right? They serve whiskey, for example, Mm. amongst other spirits. Um, They've been hosting trivia nights and serving food forever. There's a difference between a bar and a brewery, right? So the microbrew... Uh, wave has hit New Jersey to an extent that the bar owners now are seeing some of their clientele disappear yeah. to because they're going to these microbreweries. Right, they don't like the freedom. Well, step your game up then. <laughs> yeah, instead of innovating, instead of making their uh, their pitch more compelling, why should you come to my bar? Hmm. Oh, instead, of, maybe we should do different things than trivia nights or serving food. Maybe we'll up our game a little bit or innovate in some way, shape, or right. form to make it interesting. No, they're not going to do any of that. They're going to <laughs> lobby government to, to restrict <laughs> breweries from hosting trivia nights and serving food. You're going to have to have a license to have a trivia night. You don't have uh, your license to have a trivia I'm, night? I'm sorry, sir. You're operating an unlicensed <laughs> trivia <laughs> night. I'm sorry. You're not You're not licensed to serve these burgers here at your at your brewery, despite the fact that you, you know, paid for your kitchen, had it inspected, got the license for all that. You had to get the license to serve the beer anyway. Right. You know, but no, sorry. Sorry. Some people over here, a group of them got together and they said, hey, government, will you make it more difficult for us to do business? And they said, yes. You know what? No. You know what they did? Hey, government, here's some money. Can the you lobby. destroy this person's business? Right. The lobby did it. And it's, then government was like, sure, we like money. It, it's like you know how all this works, Nikki. I've seen it. You are prophetic. Not pathetic, prophetic, as in like a prophet. Thank you. P-R-O-P-H-E-T, not P-R-O-F-I-T. <laughs> Although we do find value. So, yeah, with some notable exceptions, businessmen favor free enterprise in general, but are opposed to it when it comes to themselves because they, you know, they want to be the guy. They want to be the monopoly, generally speaking. And that's because of the way corporations are. Uh, And what do I mean by that? Well, corporations only exist because of government. Otherwise, you would have a family business or some other form of organization. Right, used to be before uh, corporations existed, you would see all sorts of like family stuff, stuff that was passed down from generation to generation, skills that were passed down. You know, there were no shareholders. There, there were none. Right, uh, there were cooperative things like everybody would pitch in and do like, oh, you're skilled at this, you're skilled. Hey, let's work together and let's make a product or a service and let's you know make some money and do that. Uh, what the free market actually brings is the ability for you to create wealth while serving your fellow man. That's all the free market is. That's all that it does. Instead of like, you know, robbing them or, you know, killing them and taking their stuff, you know, conquering uh, certain nations of people and calling it your own, you know, that kind of a thing. Uh, That's not necessary with a free market because now you can just invent a product or a service, or you don't even have to invent one. You could just take one that exists and go, you know what? We're improving it. I really don't like the way most of the businesses do X, and I think I can do it better. I'm going to organize my own group of people, and we're going to go out, and we're going to sell this thing, and we're going to do it better, because we, I think we have a better way. You've innovated. That's all innovation is. You just figured out a way to do it better. Right. Now, it's up to the rest of the market to compete with you if they're going to, 
assuming that your way is actually better. You know, maybe you figure out a way to make it less expensive or to make it, uh, you know, the quality improve or something along those lines. Maybe you find a way to combine two different products or services together, and now it's just one big offering, and that reduces the cost because you've reduced your overhead, all that kind of a thing. So it's entirely possible to do, but this knee-jerk reaction that businesses have to sort of, "Uh my business is suffering because they're taking my business. I'm going to cry to government and make them point guns at other people. Like, just stop that. Just just stop. I'm tired of reading about it, really. I I mean, I'll continue to do so, but... Only because, like, it's stupid. It is so stupid. Like, did you guys not learn anything growing up? Well, what's the golden rule? Treat others the way you want to be treated. Do unto others. I wouldn't want someone to rat me out to the government or, you know, try to make my business more difficult. We're all just trying to make a living. We're all just trying to do our best. So, you know, if if you're going to do that to other people, next time it's your turn to, you know, get your... And there's all sorts of things that, like especially in New Jersey with these bars and breweries, like they could cooperate together and do all sorts of things, you know, if they wanted to do uh, or, you know, organize bar hops. So everybody gets a share of the business, right? Sponsor some buses or something like that to take people around. So nobody's driving drunk, et cetera, et cetera. And so there are solutions. Innovate up your game. Stop crying to government. 603-283-6160. More free talk lives on the way. Back we are and live talk free. 061-638-2306. What? <laughs> I just read the phone number backwards because I and said. And we're backwards. I said free talk live backwards, live talk free. Anyway, if you're listening to this program, it's called free talk live. I don't want to like not brand the show properly, even though I did. Sorry. Uh, You're fired. The telephone number is 603-283-6160. In the studio, it's myself, the captain. Steve Classic. And Nikki. And as foretold by the prophecy, we'll read number four in the 12 Truth Bombs from Milton Friedman. Number four. It's a moral problem that government is making into criminals people who may be doing something you and I don't approve of, but who are doing something that hurts nobody else. Well, that's a that's a truth bomb. It certainly is. And it is a moral problem uh, that, you know, the government can just, and like they don't even have to pass a law anymore. Everybody's doing these executive orders, right? Executive orders. You hear about mm. the president doing them all the time. You know, I first started hearing about it, and I don't know, man, maybe like, Obama, like, I was like, what's an executive order, right? And then every president since, executive, and the number of executive orders have increased. Now governors are doing it. They did it with the COVID thing. All the governors who did, like, the mask mandates and the lockdowns are like, by executive order, you cannot leave your house anymore. You must call Domino's only, or whatever it is. His Excellency Ned Lamont from Connecticut. I do have Uh. to say, from a market (laughs) perspective, that during the whole lockdown thing, that Domino's was on top of their ass, right? They were on it. They like (laughs) they like increased bandwidth to their website and their mobile apps. They developed, yeah, they developed a little a little 
pedestal thing they make out of cardboard. They fold it up so that it's not like actually sitting on the ground or like on your uh, your deck or on oh. your you know whatever. So like the pizza is up off the ground to keep critters or keep it from laying in a puddle or grass right, stuff like right. that when they leave it at your door because they could they what they would do is they would. You know, put your pizza, your order on top of one of these pedestals, ring your doorbell, and leave. Kind of like ding dong ditch. Right? <laughs> yeah. So. Well, the grease would probably soak right through and get onto your porch. And you but yeah, when 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 governments, uh, you know, do an executive order, pass some legislation that say, "Oh, you can't do this anymore." People have already been doing it, right? Like, we'll take guns for example. Oh, can't have bump stocks anymore. Right, so now you've taken a whole bunch of people who already own bump stocks and made them into criminals just by waving your pen, and that is wrong. Uh, let's go to some of your calls and thoughts. We have David in New Mexico. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, the point of this call is exposing government, and uh, I'm going to use a, a professional. I don't know that I want to be exposed by anybody in government or exposed to anybody in government. You know what I mean? Like, are you talking trench coats, bathrobes, smoking jackets? What are we talking? Cool. Uh, Joe Monahan's uh, NewMexico.blogspot.com. As I was saying, Joe Monahan was a professional ro- reporter in New Mexico for a career, I believe. Uh, Friday, March 3rd, 2006 is the dateline on the first of two articles. This article is titled, Tarnished Jewel. Can Big Bill Save This Cabinet Secretary? Should he? Exclusive and new details on a special edition Friday blog. Um, and so I'm going to use this as a guide. We're not going to get through it uh, before you time, or you time me out. And so I'll pick up where I left off next time. The plot thickened Thursday in the Tommy Jewel. This is Judge Tommy Jewel. Oh, wait. Uh, sorry. When you said polished jewels, I had a different thing in mind. Right, like testicles that uh, some cute little girl is polishing. Well, you you mentioned um, you mentioned Bill. I was thinking Clinton. Didn't he have his jewels polished in the in the White House? Yeah, I believe that Bill got oral sex by Monica Lewinsky, a nice Jewish girl, in the uh, bathroom of the Oval Office. Uh, if you want to uh, picture that, there's pictures of the bathroom on the side of the Oval Office on the internet. You should look at it. Wasn't well, it called the the Oral Office after that? Anyway, go on with your article. Yeah, then, oh, well, I want to talk about fellatio some more in the in the Oval Office bathroom. Uh, the plot thickened Thursday in the Tommy Jewell. This is Judge Tommy Jewell, who is the husband of Judge Angela Jewell, who uh, less than a year after this article illegally trafficked my children, and I never saw them again, and I proved that she illegally trafficked them yeah. uh, in a win at the New Mexico Court of Appeals, a unanimous win. Continuing uh, Judge Tommy Jewell's saga with the woman who was uh, involved in the 1999 domestic violence case in which Jewell was named. So, yes, uh, Judge Tommy Jewell had a domestic violence uh, uh, allegation made against him and was charged by law enforcement, and it ended up in court. And then there was a bunch of monkey business that, that occurred, in, including... Mon- Monkeypox? Uh, de- pardon? Monkeypox? Yeah, monkeypox. That's you know when gay men have anal sex. That's how that gets transmitted. Did you know that? I didn't, but you know what else occurs to me? Uh, the phrase "family jewels" now has a different <laughs> meaning. Uh, if you're talking yeah, about the yeah. jewel family, family jewels. That's typically the the male genitalia, especially the testicles hanging down below the penis. That's typically the family jewels, right, Captain? Hey, thanks for the call, David. We appreciate it. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. That's the phone number here. 
You know, I I appreciate his passion about trying to expose the government. I really do. But he does waste time. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, you're not going to give me enough time, but I'm going to complain about that instead of just saying what I want to say. It's not really helping. Don't bore us. Get to the chorus. Oh, oh, yeah. I like that. That's yeah. nice. Are you a musician? No. Uh-oh. Well, failed musician. He's yeah. a poet, and he didn't even know it. It's about time you made oh. a rhyme. Yeah. <laughs> That's three rhymes in a row from the host here at Free Talk Live. Um, like, I, I feel for David in his plight that he has gone through with the family court. I, I have sympathy for him. Uh, he even won his case and still yeah. got no actual justice. Right? That's so, so terrible. So it's, it is a very typical outcome for family court much less well most of regular court uh, that most americans are familiar with the trouble is that most of the people in the united states at least uh, get their information about the court system and how it all works from television Television. and movies (laughs) right and it isn't until they actually start to get effed by the system that they have to go through this um, rapid learning process, and they become very frustrated very quickly. Uh, the government then, of course, ups their game, right? So whatever trouble they got into, the government comes down and says, okay, not only are you in this trouble, but you're also facing X, Y, Z, PDQ, and 1, right. 2, and so 3 plead as guilty. Well. So, <laughs> yeah, a, we'll... A minor charge. We'll go lenient on you if you sign this confession, basically, right. Right. is... I mean, it's the nuts or and we'll bolts of the thing. escalate the whole situation. Yeah. So they they just throw so many things at you that you just want this attack by bureaucrats to be over. And you'll take the lesser charge and just walk away. So, uh, yes. And while it's true, David annoys uh, our listeners to, to a point. Uh, you know, there are some folks who, you know, chat about it whenever he calls and that kind of mm-hmm. thing. It is free talk live. I am going to let him call. I am going to let him say things now. It depends on my level of tolerance for the day or like he has better days and worse days himself. He's a human being. Yeah. Right. You know, so it's going to kind of depend on that. Mm. Uh, If you want to call 603-283-6160 and tell us your thoughts about David or, you know, how you think you can help him, (laughs) feel free to do so. Um, you know, and to to his, mm, I'm not going to defend the guy, but to his credit, he does go above and beyond when it comes to not saying the things you aren't supposed to say. He walks the line, but he does a pretty good job. So. You know what? I have a piece of advice. If you want to be on the air for longer durations of time... You just have to be interesting. Be interesting. Have something cool to talk about. Have something new. Have something fresh. Like, if you get us engaged and we can have a good discussion, we will keep you on the entire segment. You know, if it's if it's still good, but if it's the same stuff and if you're, you know, like walking that FCC line where we're like, eh, we might have to drop you. It's true. Did we get to number? We got to number four. We right? did. Were uh, we still on schedule with these? Uh, we top are. 12, 12 yes. Okay, uh, number four was it's a moral problem that the government is making into criminals people who may be doing something you and I don't approve of, but are doing something that hurts nobody else. Now, the heart of this is really the non-aggression principle, right? Libertarians, anarchists, voluntarists, whatever you want to call freedom-loving people who are aware of the non-aggression principle. This is where it all starts for them. This is the the, the foundation, and that is. 
I don't care what you do as long as you're not harming somebody or damaging their property. Right. It's like the victimless crime. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Number four. Yeah. Number four Number was four. that. It is victimless crime, not aggression principle. He just says it in a different way. No, he's a smart guy. Smart guy. He's, he's an economist. Get him a so. Nobel Prize or something. 603-283-6160. Hour number two of Free Talk Live is coming up next. Free Talk Live. And we're back. All right. That's acceptable. All right. I'll take that. It is Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. If you want to join the conversation, in the studio tonight, it's myself, the Reverend Captain Tickass. Steve Classic. And Nikki. Kicking off hour number two of our nightly three-hour program. We've been talking about these 12 truth bombs as either said or written or spoken or Song. Know, telegraphed by mental telephony. Tele- telepathy? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> telephony. <laughs> That's when you think about calling somebody and they call you? That's mental oh. telephony? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Just, yeah. Is that really a thing? Uh, is I, now a, it is. is that a captain? Sure, thing? yes. Right, okay, of course right, it awesome. is. Yeah. Why wouldn't it be? Uh <laughs> We've we've been uh, kicking each segment off with one of these truth bombs from Milton Friedman. And this is the fifth segment, so number five. One of the great mistakes is to judge policies and programs by their intentions rather than their results. This one hits home for me. Because whenever I... I don't. I, I want to use the word awakened, but that just seems so cliche and trite. Red pilled. Whenever <laughs> I sort of figured out that I had been brainwashed, when I came out of the fog of statism, I've spent a lifetime in like software and doing telephones, and I took a class in audio engineering. Mm. So like. Signal flow is a, is an important thing to me. And how do you know that you've successfully put together signal flow? Well, by the outcome, right? How do you know in software if the software you designed, if it's doing what it was designed to do? By the outcome. So I've spent a whole lot of time evaluating things based on the outcome, mm-hmm. not on the intention, right? <laughs> I, I could build a website that I intend to be amazing, <laughs> And then if I don't put any time or effort into it or I do it poorly or or I do something other than what the intention was uh, and I measure it against the results, I have failed. Mm. This is true with government. Right. Well, the thing with government, when a program fails, the they say, well, we just didn't spend enough money on it. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's not big enough. We, need we have to reform. expand it. Right? We need more. We need to reform because when we <laughs> formed it in the first place, it totally didn't do what we said it was going to do. But the intention was good. They intended to do the a results thing, weren't, but they to... didn't measure the outcome and go, hey, you know what? This failed. We should probably not do this. No. When it fails, they need more money for it. And, and a committee. <laughs> a blue ribbon panel. Uh, a larger organiz- sub-organization, usually with some acronyms. You know, two, mm. three, four, five letters that, you know, all have dots and mean something crazy. Um, this is definitely true 
about government. Uh, one of the things that people think government does is protects you. Huh. Uh, and there is uh, a whole bunch of information, I believe, over on hawaii.edu. Uh, some people have put together studies that relate to the word democide, D-E-M-O-C-I-D-E. What is democide, you might ask, and ask you might. Uh, that is the measure, if you will, of the outcome of democracies by deaths. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and it turns out that uh, in the 20th century alone, over 262 million people were killed by governments, not including war. Wow. So if you take out the dead people from wars in the 20th century, then you have 262 million. With war, it's way higher. Right. Right, obviously. But 262, how many people in the United States? 325, 330, I thought it was like 295 or something like that. No, it's above three, I think 325, Can we we get a verification? Sure uh, can. Ask the producer Let's go to Vanna White. I mean, Nikki. Sunshine. Sunshine. <laughs> no? Okay. Okay. Well, it's a lot anyway. That's, uh, yeah, a lot. Thousands so, more every day. 292 million is the uh, the number uh, that the democide folks who did the study uh, give. And you can just look that up. over 300 million. 300 million. Okay, so. Close. Close to the entire United States of America <laughs> wiped out. In non-war functions of government. And usually that happened when the citizens gave up their guns. Well, we learned from the past that people seldom learn from the past. But yes, <laughs> what happens when, when governments say, hey, citizens, give up your guns, and they do? People die. Lots of them. Hundreds of thousands of them, even. At a time. If not more. Every time in history where people gave up guns... A whole bunch of people die every time. Look it up. Do your own research. Don't believe a word I say without going and looking it up yourself. But democide is a real thing. And in fact, government as an organization type is the largest murderer ever. It's also the largest rapist. More rapes occur under the supervision of government than anywhere else on planet Earth. We're talking jails, we're talking prison camps, we're talking militaries, we're talking wartime, right? Um, in fact, every heinous crime, like, okay, murder, rape, what else? What other heinous crimes are there? Torture. 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 Yeah. Taxation. Tax- <laughs> theft, right? Theft. Yeah. theft uh, uh, extortion, right? Which, you know, okay, we repeat ourselves, but mm. like, uh, of all the heinous things that human beings do to each other. There is one organization that does most of it. Yeah, the common thread. <laughs> and Government. and you can measure it by the outcome. Democide. The number of deaths right. that it causes. And so if you believe that the government of the United States was put together to protect you, to prevent people from dying, to prevent these crimes from being committed against each other, well, you're wrong. The data says so. The outcome says so. You are wrong. In fact, it is the number one perpetrator of these crimes. But it's okay when they do it because they wear uniforms. They have special emblems Back to and blue. shiny badges. Well, and you know what? A lot of people wouldn't believe you. 
I'm sure. I'm certain there's somebody there's somebody listening to me right now going, this guy's full of crap. He doesn't yeah. know what he's talking about. Look but what up. about the criminals? Look it up. Uh, most criminals who are in prison anyway uh, are there for victimless crimes. Most of them. Which is also uh, from the article. Correct. And so if you eliminate violations of bureaucracy... Oh, this guy had too much of a plant in his pocket. Or, well, you know, he OD'd five or six times and we didn't know what else to do. So we sent him to jail because he had, you know, he possessed some substance. Because that makes sense. Substance, right. Yeah. Uh, You're going to ruin your life by using this substance. So instead of you ruining your life, we're going to put you in a prison and ruin your life. (laughs) We're going to charge the taxpayers for your accommodations. Nobody wins in that situation. The taxpayer always loses when it comes to these things. And, when you do discover a government agency, police or you know, politicians or anybody that's being paid by your extortion money tax, mm-hmm. um, when you discover them doing something wrong and you sue whatever entity of government you know, did the wrong, and you win, right? First of all, it's not often that you would win against the government because you're going up against the, the behemoth and you're basically you know, a guy with a slingshot. Right. But when you do win, the taxpayer loses every time. <laughs> Let's say there's a settlement. You win, right? You right. were wronged by the IRS. They yeah. said you owed uh, whatever, oh. and you're like, you didn't know, and you proved it, and they're like, yeah, you yeah. win. Here's somebody else's money. <laughs> somebody, and, and you right. sue them, and you win like a $50,000 settlement. They first take that money from somebody else before they give it to you. They don't take it from the people who did the actual wrong, right? Uh, police, the same thing, like police brutality, stuff like that. Uh, the, the families of anybody that, like, has been killed by a police officer, when they sue whatever police department it is that killed their family member and they win. It's taxpayer money. It doesn't come out of the policeman's paycheck. It comes from the taxpayers. Right. The taxpayers always lose every time. Anyway... Measure by the outcome, and you will see things very differently. I agree with Mr. Friedman. 603-283-6160. More Free Talk Live is on the way. Maybe next time we'll try harmonies. I'll do, and we're back. And we're back. And we're back. Uh, All right. Maybe we shouldn't try that. <laughs> we just did. <laughs> oh, wait. I thought we were practicing. Oh, are we live? We're live. Oh, I we're pressed live. the buttons we're already. Live. Oh, yeah. I heard the music. This is Free Talk Live, in case you're wondering what you're listening to. the uh, We're a live radio call and talk program where you can call in, talk about whatever's on your mind. We'll get to your calls in just a minute. We have been talking about these 12 truth bombs from Milton Friedman, who is a Nobel Prize winning economist. And uh, he, uh, you know, I don't, the Keynesian economists are sort of the statist economists, yeah. right? They believe yeah. that, oh, the state. Official has government. To do, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. But uh, contrary to what economists would have you believe, economics is pretty easy. It is supply and demand. 
and that's it. That's all, that's all economics right, is. Right. That's it. You know, but, oh, if if you have, if there's too much competition in your industry, either innovate or get out. Right. Those right. are those are like sort of the rules mm-hmm. of economics. Right. But these truth bombs are all they're economics, but they're also life truths. Life as truths, well. freedom truths. Yeah. Right. Uh, they they are truth bombs in several different ways. So right. while he was an economist, not all of his wisdom is specific to economics. Right. Supply and demand. Right. Right. Uh, before we go on, though, do you really want liberty in your lifetime? I yes, know, yeah. I, guess, I know yes, I do. Yeah. Later this year, Mark uh, Free Talk Live's own Mark Edge is speaking at Free Cities Foundation's annual conference, Liberty in Our Lifetime. And he'll be in the beautiful city of Prague, October 21st through the 23rd. And this showcases autonomous cities and intentional communities that are springing up around the world, offering opportunities for settlers to live freer lives. The conference theme is Parallel Structures for Progress, and they'll be exploring physical developments and parallel structures emerging in education and finance that offer alternatives for people looking for better ways to learn and educate their own children as well as invest in their future. Free Private Cities is offering all Free Talk Live listeners a very special 20% discount on tickets. And you can claim this when checking out on the Eventbrite with the promo code FTL20, as in Free Talk Live, FTL20. To find out more about the conference, visit LifetimeLiberty.com and follow the conference on Twitter using the handle at LibertyIOL. Make sure you get your tickets soon to take advantage of the early bird discount. If you'd like to buy your ticket in Bitcoin, you can drop them a Twitter DM for instructions. Again, LifetimeLiberty.com. Use the code FTL20 for a 20% discount, and it's going to be in Prague October 21st through the 23rd. All right, so we've been doing one of these truth bombs. There's 12 of them, mm-hmm. one per segment. That should get us to 12 as long as we adhere to the schedule. <laughs> I don't know why I said schedule because most people say schedule unless you're from, like, Britain. Canada. No, it's like saying Target. No, people in Britain. I'm not going to call it Great Britain because there's nothing great about it. I'm just going to call it Britain, or I'm going to call it regular Britain. <laughs> they say schedule. And aluminum. They do, yeah. yeah. That's true. I love that. <laughs> number Number five? No, six. Number six. You must distinguish sharply between being pro-free enterprise and being pro-business. Please elaborate. Mm. The elaborator is kicking in. You must distinguish sharply between being pro-free enterprise and being pro-business. So I am pro-free markets. And I believe that's what he's referring to when he says pro-free enterprise. I believe that if you think that you can do as good or a better job than somebody else doing something else, that you should be able to just go, hey, I'm a business. Here's my card or whatever. You know, maybe you develop mm-hmm. some things to help you or whatever. But you shouldn't need to, like, go get a license. You know, if you want to do whatever business you're about to do out of your own home, you should be allowed to do so. You shouldn't need, like, a health inspector to come in. You shouldn't have to install a whole bunch of commercial equipment just to get started, right? Spending millions of dollars on things like insurance and all of this kind of thing just to get started. You don't have to go apply for a business loan just to get started. You just get started, right? Right. Let's say, uh, Steve, you make awesome chocolate chip cookies. Oh. Right? Too bad you decide. You decide that uh, I'm I'm just going to make a bunch of these and I'm going to package them up and I'm going to sell them, right? And so you start doing it. You do it out of your home kitchen, right? You're violating all sorts of laws immediately. 
It's not inspected by the city. Right. You haven't uh, you haven't done it in a. Uh, I don't know, have a sales and use uh, certificate. Right. And uh, you haven't done it in a commercial kitchen, so you can't actually sell your products for retail. Right. It's not individually packaged. Whereas being pro business, my interpretation of his quote here is that you are for all of the hoops that you need to jump through and following. See, the I would think the opposite. Really? Because I would think making people jump through a bunch of hoops and get inspected and have a license and get a permit, to me, that's anti-business because you're actually, well, it's all anti, those things harm the business. It's anti-free enterprise. It's definitely anti-free but market or anti-free right. enterprise. Right. More so than being anti-business. So I'm wondering what does it mean to be pro-business? Because I think my definition of pro-business might be different. I believe it is. That's yeah. why I'm, I'm distinguishing between free enterprise, free enterprise, the free market. I'm for all of that. I am not for, I'm not pro-business. I'm not, I'm not a person who extols the virtues of what we, crony capitalism, right? yeah. which is the fascism that we have today. And that's what most people think of when they think of business is they think of what we have already today. Yeah, like pro, right. yeah. So, Pro-corporatism. We could talk more about that, but let's pick up a call from Robert in South Carolina. Robert, you're on Free Talk Live. Okay, hi. I just wanted to say that with regard to what you were saying before, um, you know, that the government kills more people, kills a lot of people. Yeah. Governments do. And, and Germany actually, Germany recognized that a long, long time ago. And um, the laws are written in Germany so that if you are a government official and you're convicted of a crime that would normally be three years imprisonment for a, co- a person who doesn't wear a private citizen, uh, if you're a, a, a police officer, let's say, and you do the exact same crime, you'll get five years for that crime because you're expected to maintain a much higher level, much higher standard of excellence because of the fact that you've been given a special authority and to do to do a job that the people have entrusted you with, and if you fail to do that job, you're therefore subject to more penalization than if you were just a regular citizen committing the same crime. That would and make Germany sense has- because they're supposed to be the law enforcement, right? And what we see in the U.S. is police officers committing more crimes than the so-called criminals, and they get off scot-free. Yes, and Germany also has laws to protect children and animals and people who are less than competent. Um, it's the uh, people who are besonders schutzbedürftig. In other words, especially in need of, of, of protection, legal protection. And one thing Germans hate in general is they hate somebody that's taken advantage of because of their weakness like that. Hey, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Uh, I, of course, amongst other people, you know, can't forget the millions and millions of people who lost their lives due to Nazis. 603-283-6160. You can go look up uh, Germany democide online and see the results for yourselves. Free Talk Live. The telephone number is 603-283-6160. Oh, I see we have some calls coming in now. We'll get to those momentarily. In the studio 
It is myself, the captain. Steve Classic. And Nikki. And, um, well, let's just go to this. Caller number one, <laughs> I believe Jerome from, where are you from, Jerome? South Carolina? Yeah. You're on South- the air. Mur- we, I'm from Murdoch country. Murdoch country. You know, you ever heard that guy Alex Murdoch? You need to look that story up. But I got a, I got a good story for you, even better one than that. Jerome, tell me a story. Yeah. Okay. There's this guy from Indiana. His name's Andrew Woolhoyt. He's in jail. He's accused of murdering his wife. He won a GOP primary, and he's going to be on the ballot, and I guess in November. If he's not convicted of her murder. What? This is the type of what? person that is attracted to politics, right? Everybody wonders why there's nothing but douchebags in politics. It's because real, proper, and good people are not attracted to these positions. Look, she found out he was having an affair. She was going to cancer treatment. You know, <sighs> I guess she had her last cancer treatment, and she found out that he was having an affair on him. So on her, so she decided she was going to file for divorce. Not so fast. He's accused of murdering her, and he was also he's running for office in Indiana. I didn't look at the, you know what he was running for, but he won the GOP primary. You know the GOP, the Republican Party, the GOP primary, and he's going to be on the ballot in November if he's not convicted of her murder. Well, that just means he's qualified for the job. Right? I mean, all these politicians, at least the ones that make it to like things like president, they're all murderers, yeah. by proxy anyway. They might not pull the trigger themselves, but they're all guilty of, what do you call it, accessory to murder, yeah. right? They're the, you know, what do you call it, the uh, something-in-chief of the military, right? They're all uh, the- do, do you know how much fun Fox would have telling that story, all these right-wing conservatives? How much they, how much fun they would have telling a story like that? If that was a dem, especially if it was a black Democrat that was involved in something like that, you know how much fun they'd have doing a story like that, huh? Well, fortunately you for know? you, none of us here pay attention to Fox News. Well, no, it's not not fortunate for me, but I'm just saying. Wait, do you watch Fox hey, News, Jerome? A Republican, a Republican, you know, just like when Trump said he can shoot somebody. He, and people will see when he wouldn't lose any support, or he likes to grab women. And, uh, yeah, well, Obama and, and, and threatened his daughter's people, boyfriend. You know, Obama threatened his daughter's boyfriend with a predator drone. You compare something like that to him saying them kind of things and what the, I just told you about this guy? No, I'm just telling you, Jerome, that, that you are a classic example of a guy who only recognizes one wing of the bird. Right? You want to think that the GOP and the Republicans are horrible people. And to some extent, you are correct. But the Democrats are also horrible people, and they do horrible things. They're two wings of the same bird. But you, sir, will only recognize one wing as being horrible, and you are part of the problem because of that. When have you ever seen Democrats storm the Capitol armed with weapons, saying, Hang, hang the hang your uh, the vice president, hang him. And Trump saying, "Well, maybe that's not such a bad idea." Huh? I mean, leftists regularly riot in the streets, and they were burning down buildings and throwing Molotov because cocktails of, and stuff. Well, look, because of what? Because of what? So one 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 thing was you basically a glorified tour, and the other one was seen, like burning buildings in the streets. You ever seen a video of the civil rights struggle? 
Of course. Huh? All right. It's still going on. It's still going on. Yes. There's a struggle for equality still going on in this country. Did you see what happened in Buffalo? A guy drove what? How many miles and, he drove? And to? the struggle is continually being stoked by people who don't recognize oh, that there me, are right? two wings to the people bird. like me, right? You, you know, you know. I didn't say it. You did. You didn't see all these conservative talk shows all over the, all over. The, I heard people. I don't I watch conservative, conservative talk shows. Do you? Look. Do you watch conservative? Do you listen to conservative talk shows? That's all they have here in Charleston. I have no choice. Well, then perhaps you should think about moving where you have more choice. Well, wouldn't more freedom be beneficial to you? No, I came back to Charleston because I wanted to be close to my mother. Okay, I got you. I I got you. Yeah. So we love your mom too, Jerome. This is this is my home. My mom passed away about a year ago. This is my hometown. This is where I grew up. This is really all I know. So. Hey, look, I, 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 look, that's just the way it is, man, you know? Home is where the heart is. Remember that? You ever heard that thing? I think you should turn off your television and try to enjoy your life more, is what I think. Because I think television is keeping, is preventing you from enjoying your life to its fullest extent. Thanks for the call, hey. Jerome. I really do. Like, I, I like Jerome. He's, you know, I think he's trying to be a decent person, right? But... He's got to go on a television detox, maybe. He, yeah, he's stuck, you know, watching the preferred, you know, programming of his choice that keep, prevents him from seeing the reality, the reality of the fact that it's government that's poisoning everybody. It's he wants to talk about the uh, the racial struggle. Yes, it is still happening, and it's stoked by people in government, by your legislators. They love to rile you up and get the pitchfork people to rally about the and cry about the people with the torches, and get the torch people to rally and cry about the people with the pitchforks. <laughs> All the while, they're taking more of your money. They're preventing you from being as successful as you can be. They're reducing your freedoms by the day they are devaluing the money that you're paid in and taxed on and you use every day but you want to sit there and complain about oh the the pitchfork people are hurting the torch people the pitchfork people and the torch people need to get together and tell this organization that they've had enough well and you know what's ridiculous people always talk about conservatives being racist which there are definitely some very racist conservatives sure. but there are also a lot of very racist liberals in democrats yes, i mean there are. jill biden just said some nonsense like racist about mexican people i didn't i don't even really care enough to know the actual quote, but something along the lines of calling them a taco or a breakfast burrito, just some nonsense. And liberals are constantly trying to act like black people and other minorities aren't smart enough or aren't able enough to get IDs and, you know, all, all of these things. Joe Biden literally said that black people don't know how to use computers. Yeah. And I'd like to point out that uh, when Obama did get elected, uh, and was president that people were all like the Democrats, especially were like, it's about time we had a black man for president. He was elected and, twice. And he was elected twice. Right. And so then, you know, Trump gets elected. Right. And the Democrats respond 
by, you know, because they used to say uh, when Obama was running for his first election, they're like, we're so tired of these old white men (laughs) telling us what to do, how to do it, you know, how we treat ourselves and others. We're tired of that. And so Obama got elected and then Trump gets elected in the next cycle because they seem to switch between Democrats and Republicans about every cycle or so. Yeah. And then so Trump goes out and what what happens? They elect an old white man, a senile old white man who has somewhere around a 30 percent approval rating, (laughs) the lowest in the history of the presidency. Now, how is that even possible? Because none of it's real. Because you got the bluebirds and the redbirds bickering about each other instead of looking at the actual problem. The problem is the chair, the seat, the throne, if you will. Just because you put a different guy on the throne every four years doesn't mean you're not living under the rule of a heinous kingdom. Well, maybe it's their job to confuse the American people. It's working. You know, like, hey, we're, we're going to work together to confuse everybody. You get everybody fighting while they just sit back. Again evaluates the system by the outcome, by the results. <laughs> and if you observe, you observe correctly that these are the results and you are absolutely 100% spot on that they are causing this. It is intentional it's so that they can maintain their power instead of letting you have all of your power back to the individual. 603-283-6160. More Free Talk Live is next. Sorry, I missed the memo on that one. Uh, I thought maybe your timing was poor. Okay, that too. I mean, sometimes improv. You know, I'm just, you know, I'm just enjoying the the sound of the song. (laughs) I'm a listener. Um, this is free talk live. As catching up to do, as pointed out by our producers and also our co-hosts. Uh, we neglected to read one of the 12 things last segment and went straight to the calls. And then, of course, I went on a rant and then we had a discussion. And next thing you know, it's the next segment. We're off the rails. So we're going to have to double up here. So right. bear with me, listen, listeners. Listen, listen quickly. <laughs> listen <No>. quickly. <laughs> Hurry up and listen. Yeah. Number seven, the society that puts equality before freedom will end up with neither the society that puts freedom before equality will end up with a great measure of both. And this actually speaks very well to uh, to Jerome, I think. Because if you put equality before freedom, you get neither. If you put freedom before equality, you end up with a great deal of both. Well, equality has been changed to equity. What, like banking? No, not private equity. Like a home no, the whole equity, equity thing, the whole equity it's not equality anymore it's equity mm. they're giving stuff you've away. been wronged so we have to treat you extra special and give you right. all of these things and so there's no oh, liberty the there's no mentality. yeah there's yeah, no exactly. freedom in equity okay so yeah. for those of you wondering what are these 12 things these are 12 truth bombs from nobel prize winning economist milton friedman and so that was number seven number eight 
Governments never learn. Only people learn. I can't agree with this one more. Uh, Organization, particularly one that has only one tool by which they accomplish anything, and that's either violence itself or the threat of caging and violence. I mean, caging is a violent act. So Force. That's, that's the only tool at its disposal. That's all this organization known as government does. That's it. They only have one tool. And so if all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And so they smash everything with it because they don't know. There's no incentive for them to do anything else. Everybody just goes along with it. And you're like, oh, okay. Well, they have to. Yes, they're going to extort me because uh, otherwise they're going to send armed men to send me in a cage. And if I resist, they're going to shoot me. Right. So don't pay that parking ticket. You'll see what happens. Governments never learn. Only people learn. Uh, Let's go to some of your calls and thoughts. Let's go to Gigi in South Carolina. Gigi, you're on Free Talk Live. Good evening, everybody. I would like to make two comments and then a question for our audience listening across the nation. My first comment, I so appreciate Nikki's comment about encouraging Mr. Olson from Albuquerque to contribute in a more positive fashion. I think it would be so wonderful, and I thank Nikki for her positive feedback to Mr. Olson. Secondly, as an academician most of my life, I love, Captain, that you are focusing on Milton Friedman and his economic principles. Bravo to both of you. Thank you, Gigi. Yes, thank you, Gigi. We we call Nikki Sunshine for a reason. She just has that effect. I try. I'm feeling a little uh, left out here. (laughs) <laughs> my question, I'm sorry, Stephen. My question. Oh, is that my mom calling? <laughs> oh, no, it's Gigi. But I do sound like a Jewish mother. I am Jewish. <laughs> uh, to to Mr. Uh, Steve Classic's credit, he is wearing the Bitcoin Freedom t shirt. That today. is an awesome shirt. For those who can't okay, see it, the, okay. the O in it's Freedom dirty. is my, the my, Bitcoin. My, quest, my question for the audience as a current event. I would like to know, how do my fellow listeners on our program tonight feel about the new 988 phone program nationwide regarding mental health and suicide? Uh, so, and are you asking just the listeners, or do you want us to also apply? Oh, I would love listener input as well as the panel's opinion. Everybody's opinion counts. Like you always say, Captain, we are an open format. No matter how we feel about somebody, they have a right to call and voice. I'm, I'm a huge proponent of free speech. So, so, yes, so this is... Your question is about the National Suicide Prevention Hotline? Yeah. How do we all feel about that now? The new 988 number implemented nationwide. Will it be something positive? Will it contribute to uh, positive mental health changes that we desperately could benefit from as a community at large? Or will it just be baloney? I I hope for A, but... B is more likely, particularly if it is funded by taxation and run by bureaucrats. If good it, point. If it is just you know, if, if the government is just going, hey, we're going to instead of having a toll free number that somebody has to pay by the minute, 
right, for, and, and not the users, of course, when you call a toll-free yeah. number, three to you, yeah. but somebody on the other end is paying a permanent fee for that toll-free number. If it's just the government going, hey, we don't want that, and, you know, here's a gift uh, of the 988 number, we'll put that as a speed dial for everybody, uh, essentially speaking, uh, that now you can connect to people who, uh, you know, have, you know, are doing charity work or activism work. Uh, that, to me, would be the winning combination. But I suspect that is not the case. I suspect this is the state trying to uh, bureaucratize the suicide hotline. They seem to want to be up in everybody's business and track your entire life from cradle to grave, from the time you're born until the time you die, with all the tracking they're doing of all of our data on cell phones and social media and oh, all of that and kind of thing. social security number for taxes. Exactly. And so this is just another way for in my mind, for governments to track people's behavior. Now they're going to know, oh, Bill Smith over here was suicidal 10 years ago. We have the phone record of it over here. We c- would you like to hear the call? Yeah, we'll that's not, it for that's you not right good now. for his uh, social credit score now, is it? Right. Yeah. So I, I, I'm going to reserve my opinion. I'm more afraid of it right now than I am uh, a fan of it. I think it's a great idea if it... It would be better if it wasn't run and funded by the government, a.k.a. theft. But I I think it's a great idea to just have a suicide prevention hotline because, unfortunately, a lot of people that are depressed and are uh, contemplating suicide probably aren't going to reach out to help, especially not to strangers. But for the people who are needing somebody and they don't have anybody in their life to talk to and they just need to reach out to someone and just if if this could help even a few people I think it's an awesome and beautiful thing and I think it's going to do more good than harm in my opinion I think it would be better if it was run by some sort of charity or private organization that would be even better I do want to be clear that something like this already exists there are several uh, suicide prevention hotlines. One of them is actually called the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. I, I was assuming that was and this. So, and so is this just I a speed dial for that? I, I don't, That's what I thought. I haven't looked into it, so I don't know what the case is. Uh, I would feel much better about it if it's just the government going, hey, let's make it a three-digit dial to reach this particular organization. Mm-hmm. I, I'd be okay with that. I'd also be okay with other organizations sort of sharing the the load when people do call or it's a, you know, during the holidays generally is a, when yeah. a lot of these hotlines sort of get busy you know so oh this center is full up and they're all on calls let's let's engage this other charity center over here doing that that to me is a right, far more positive so right. so that's what it is it's just a new speed dial shortcut for the old number that they had but the old number still works but this is just the new number that you can use as well which is great because it's easier to remember if you're like i need help you know, right now I'm having these intrusive thoughts and I just need somebody to talk to. 988 is a lot easier to m- remember than the original well, suicide. What's behind the number, though? 988. Mm-hmm. Is it easy to remember? Mm-hmm. Like, why don't you call 911 and they'll say, oh, hold on. We'll, well no, patch you, don't, you through. You, you don't want yeah, to call 911. People call 911. Uh, and also, if, what about 912? I mean, they could. Well, well they're going to send cops to your house if you call 911. So right. definitely, if you're suicidal, oh. do not I, call 911. I have some experience with telephone numbers, and it's very, very bad to have a number that's only one digit different from a very busy number. Right, it's very, very bad yeah. because people will fat finger all the time. Nine one two, yeah. Or, in fact, when when people put uh, PBX phone systems in their businesses, multi line mm. systems where people have extension numbers instead of full ten digit numbers, right. um, 
one of the fundamental rules that gets broken. Hey, JG, thank you for the call. We appreciate you. Uh, one of the fundamental rules that gets broken all the time is somebody will assign extension 911 to a person at a oh, desk. Oh, no. Oh. And so, and you don't, you maybe don't know, and you hit the, Bob's name on the menu, and it calls 911. Then you start ha- getting assessed fees. The man comes, and yeah. you know, all sorts of bad things happen. 603-283-6160. More Free Talk Live is coming up. getting worse <laughs> yeah. I, i'm not sure if that's good or bad sometimes people love a train wreck how about that's we have, uh, we could have someone call in we can put the caller on do the and we're back how about that mm, no that sounds too ex- risky too experimental yeah. okay <laughs> a little too avant-garde oh, oh. Yes. a little little prog yeah <laughs> Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. That's the telephone number here at the studio for tonight's edition of Free Talk Live. In the studio, it's myself, the captain, Steve Classic, and Nikki. So we've been going through these twelve truth bombs of Milton Friedman, trying to do one per segment. I already screwed up once, but now we're caught up. So let's go ahead with number ten. Milton Friedman says. The great virtue of a free market system is that it does not care what color people are. It does not care what their religion is. It only cares whether they can produce something you want to buy. It is the most effective system we have discovered to enable people who hate one another to deal with one another and help one another. Wow, that's like number one. Well, so (laughs) it's... No, it's not quite the longest one. There's a longer one coming up. Stay tuned for that one. Uh, but, I mean, this is true. Again, uh, it's it reminds me of what we talked about uh, in the previous segment, I think last hour. And that is that for the first time, people can amass wealth by serving each other. Right. Instead of fighting each other, killing each other, and stealing and taking, from each taking other, their right? land, right? with the exception of governments. Of <laughs> well, and, and for a long time, people were just born into wealth. If you were, you right. know, if you were a peasant, you would always be a peasant, and you could never rise above being a peasant. Right. But in the free market, if you can produce a good or a service that people want, you don't have to be a peasant anymore. Right. Doesn't matter what color you are or, or your your class, your status, whatever. You can rise. You know, people have risen and fallen. In, in uh, you know, classes. Yeah. And entrepreneurs are familiar with this. Yeah. Uh, you know, they build a business. And uh, I mean, oftentimes it takes multiple attempts before they even succeed at one, much less multiple businesses. And so if you've ever tried to put together a business of your own, you know what I'm talking about. I have tried and failed multiple times. Same. And so, like, it takes some doing. It takes a lot of... Uh, I'm doing uh, that right now. Chutzpah, I think, is the, the word. It takes luck. gumption, a little bit of luck, <laughs> a bit of and luck. a whole lot of hours. Way more hours oh, than yeah. you got to put in for, like, a Joe job. I think I when I started my business, I, I think, like, maybe, like, at the 10th year, I thought, all right, well, I'm going to figure out how much I make per hour because I don't charge. I don't keep... I don't have <laughs> a like salary. $2.07 and per you, hour. And That's you, what I feel like right now. <laughs> you look at your bottom line at the end of the year, and you figure out how many hours you've worked and how many hours you've worked past when you're working, you make about two bucks an 
hour. Yeah. yeah. Well, in my business, but I mean, it, yeah. it, Elon if, Musk, if I'm sure, makes a little bit more. Well, well, if you're doing what you love, it's right. not that big right. of a but deal. But the amount of hours that you don't get paid, and yeah. you, you don't get paid vacations and right. paid days off and paid weekends or right. whatever. And oftentimes you have to take whatever money it is that you get and put it right back into the business. Yep. Well, that's, well I, I think investing in yourself is the best investment. Uh, of course. You know, for your business. Uh, let's go to some of your calls and thoughts. We've got Lee calling from Planet Earth. Lee, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, everybody. Hey, um, I like your platform. I like the way that you do that, uh, Captain. And regarding, you know, uh, call in and, you know, sometimes it may be challenging. I get that with some of us, and I might be one of them, but hopefully not. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, I haven't heard from the guy from Florida with the GPS in a while. He might have called when I wasn't listening, but... Um, you know, just him calling is kind of inspiring to me that he has a place to call, you know, similar to Dave. You know, Dave, he, he knows his case, his life, and uh, for me, it's hard to follow him because he goes through a lot of stuff really fast, and I just can't seem to catch it all, that's for sure. Can't yeah, there there are people who I, I know listen to, like, the archive version of our show, which you can find over at freetalklive.com. Uh, there are ways that you can like download a whole episode, and you can slow it down. Uh, sometimes there oh, okay. there are people who do. There's people who listen to us, believe it or not, at two times the speed, so that <laughs> they're they, listening quickly. They, that they're See? listening quickly, so that they can get through the show in a shorter period of time. So there there are ways to do that. But uh, go on. Yeah, following you guys, I, I can do that. Dave is a little bit, you know, I'd have to slow him down uh, just just because he's he's so quick. Um, one thing, so uh, with Gigi. She had um, brought up uh, the 988 number, and I was hoping she was going to address the 988 herself, you know, just to uh, to see how she felt about it. You know, um, you know, she she didn't elaborate herself how she felt about the Good 988. Point. I think yeah, she wanted the listeners yeah. to call in on that, right? Yeah. So, what are your thoughts on That's it? That's true. That's true. you know, um, I have to go with Nikki. You know, if it was charity um, led, and you brought that up too, Captain. You know, uh, if it was Terry led, um, I think I'd lean towards it more than government. You know, they just screw it up. That's just let's see. That's <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, what? Yeah. They would government screw it up. Screwed up? No. That's not possible. Yeah, but yeah, Nikki, you brought that up though. You know, there was a charity you would be kind of good too. And um, I, I was wondering if you guys ever thought about you know um, uh, the loose left wingers. Uh, have you ever heard of them running some charity event? You know. Uh, you know, some of the, you know, the right wingers, they tend to think that, you know, they're good at it. But the loose left wingers, I haven't seen them do any kind of charity stuff like that. You think they'd be able to what is, handle that type of... What is a loose left winger? I think it's like your progressive, Democrat, that kind of, you know, loose left wingers. The Democrat left-wingers. charity? I've never heard the adjective loose used for left wingers. I think I think if they were to call up um, a charity in the left, the left, I guess I would call it the progressive left. You know, loose left wingers is the other way of saying it. But, uh, is that like, like, like a screw loose, <laughs> <laughs> or is that like the same uh, when people talk about the extreme right wing? Right? Yeah, like, the, not the right, the extreme. Yeah, wing. the loose exactly. left wing. Okay, so um, yeah, so, I don't let, know. Let you guys. This. Can you imagine? Can you imagine them uh, them calling up the? Uh, <laughs> Calling up the night and eight number, needing help, right? And talk to a loose left where you're going to say, you never voted for us anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, uh, the, the whole 988 thing is, I, I'm going to have to look into it more because I would like to speak about it intelligently the next time I do rather than just taking shots in the dark. I, 
I have some experience with telephony, so I kind of know how call routing works and how load balancing works and that kind of a thing. But I don't know enough about the National Toll-Free Suicide Hotline or whatever the official name of the organization is to you know, speak about it. Regarding charities in general, there are many ways for charities to form. There can be a nonprofit organization, of course, uh, or they can be a, a straight-up charity. Um, NGO. An NGO, a yeah, <laughs> non-government organization. Yeah. Uh, they they yeah. can even be decentralized now thanks to things like cryptocurrency, the blockchain, and tokens, where uh, it, it can be a, a headless organization, right? Where just a whole bunch of people are like, hey, let's try and make poor people not poor anymore. And they can get together and try and, you know, pool, pool a bunch of money and figure out how to, you know, allocate those resources to the poor, whatever mm-hmm. that means to them and their organization. Uh, so there's a lot of options out there. And I just, I'm afraid that it's going to be a, another government-dominated monopoly, right? Well, we've got the number now, right? 988 <laughs> is ours, so... We're unionizing you know, it. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's, that's kind of my fear about it, so... Anything else on okay. your mind, Lee? No, nothing else, but uh, thank you. Thanks, hey, for, thanks uh, for the call. To share. Appreciate it. All right. right. Have a good night. All right. Let's move right along, and let's go to Sarah in New Mexico. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Sarah in New Mexico. Sarah going once. Oh, come on, Sarah. Are you on mute? Sarah going twice. She'll call back. All right. All right. We tried. I'm, I'm just going to put that call on hold. If she, if she calls back, she does. Uh, let's go to Major Payne in Michigan. Major, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Captain. I told you I was going to need some time to tell you this yarn. Well, let's get started and see how it goes. All right. Well, uh, we'll start with the Vikings and the English. Okay. In about uh, 1358, somewhere around there, the Vikings discovered a, what's called a waterboard. All right. Well, hold on to that thought. The Vikings waterboard. Hold on to that thought. It's a good cliffhanger. Everybody hold on to that thought. The Vikings and waterboarding. The English Vikings? Wait, the Minnesota Vikings. Not the Minnesota Vikings. (laughs) Maybe one day they'll get a professional football team. (laughs) Oh, snap. 603-283-6160. More Free Talk Live coming up. Something about Vikings. And we're back! back. Uh, it didn't quite work out. Yeah. I, hope. I thought it worked out great. Well, that's Our a good rehearsal. Our producer's leaving, though, that's, that's, so I think, uh, he's like, I think we scared him away. No, he's like, my work is done. That was awesome. <laughs> you, got, you guys need no more production. You've, you've done it all. You were perfect. The show dedicated to Richie Rich. 603-283-6160. He is the founder of And We're Back. Right. Yeah. right. As far as I'm concerned. Yeah. But like, we also don't need to like blow him too much oh. like, when he's not here. In okay. the studio, right. So. Right. Wow. Yeah. Okay. You can blow him as much as you want when he's here in the studio. So. Well, I, I don't do that. Well, I already do, <laughs> but that amount is zero. So <laughs> We're here, and this is where we are. <laughs> Here we are. This is Free Talk Live. It doesn't matter where we are as long as we're here. Wherever you go, that's where you're at. 
That's How right. about another truth bomb? Oh, what a good idea. Here yeah. on Free reminder, Talk Live. Good reminder. Yeah. Here on Free Talk Live, we'll do uh, truth bomb number 11. Before we, well, I, thought we oh, had to, wow. we had to, I thought we had to no, talk to Major Payne about the Vikings. We, well, we will. Did we skip? Okay. Well, if we if we go straight to the Vikings, we'll forget about the truth bomb. Okay. So did we? How am I ahead? One, uh, seven, eight, nine. Oh, we skipped one. Oh. 11 is the new 12. All right, so 10 was 9, and 9 will be 10 now. So uh, just to further confuse our listening audience. All right. We have to recognize that we must not hope for utopia. That is unattainable. I would like to see a great deal less government activity than we have now, but I do not believe that we can have a situation in which we don't need government at all. Oh, boo. And that would be utopia? Yeah, no wonder I skipped this one. (laughs) Yeah, I don't like this one. We don't like that one. Uh, Milton, obviously a minarchist. He thinks that we need just a little He'll bit. He'll come of, around. We need a, well, he's dead now. So. Okay. <laughs> well, he came around. Uh, well, I mean, who's going to pave the roads? He, he thinks that we need just a little bit of a violent organization that does only violence and threatens people. So, uh, yeah, no wonder I skipped it. Perhaps, perhaps I knew that was coming and I, like, subconsciously, I prophesized yeah. that we'd need to skip one telephony earlier but then the producers corrected but, me. but you know he is entitled to his opinion so i don't know if i would call it a truth bomb yeah. mm-hmm. but it's okay. definitely well, I'd say nine, a bomb. Out of, nine out of ten i mean he's doing pretty he's well he's doing good so far yeah, even though he's dead uh if you enjoy this show and uh if you're watching via video.freetalklive.com uh you're actually watching odyssey and Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol that we're big fans of here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website, to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off with over 1 million channels, many of which are disaffected YouTube creators. So during YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on all things COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, and now we're streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. 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 Visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. That's video.freetalklive.com. All right, we've got the truth bomb out of the way. We've got the live read out of the way. <laughs> we've uh, did our we're back intro. Am I missing yeah. anything? No, I think that's it. Just oh, Vikings. I don't, I, I don't think we did our uh, name Something call about, here. So, oh, yeah. Who, who are, are we? Who are you? Oh, I'm the captain. Steve Classic. And I'm Nikki. All right. And, and who do we have on the phone? Major Payne. This is Major Payne. Major Payne, what's this about waterboarding and Vikings? I'm, Welcome, w- welcome to the, uh, the the pirate radio broadcasting Arr. system. Arr. <laughs> aye, aye. And uh, we, the people, are back. I should say yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's not waterboarding, dude. It's a waterboard. It's like a sundial, but it floats in a bucket, so it'll stay level on level on a bucking ship. And what they would do? This is a pretty simple gizmo for pretty much for traveling east to west. At, uh, at high noon, they would draw a circle where the top of the shadow of the stick hit the dial. Mm-hmm. And that would tell them if they were 
holding a true course. Ah. And then it had another another gizmo that they came up, which was called the Sunstone. And near as I can figure, it's a real close to clear, milky white quartz. And on a cloudy day, you can hold it up, and it'll work like a little magnifying glass, kind of. Okay. So it'll give you a hint of where the sun is, you know. Where, okay, are, we, so it, where are we going with this story, Major? Well, I'm trying to head all the way from New Orleans to Norway, if you'll give me the time. You might owe me another quarter, Captain. I told you this. Oh, I don't, I don't, I, yeah, I, you know, I don't, I mean, all right, can so you fast anyway, forward a bit? Yes. So at, at that time when they discovered how to navigate the ocean, they started raiding England. And they discovered all these monasteries and churches with great booty. Until that time, they'd just been raiding the Russians up north, and they were lucky to get sheep and grain. <laughs> I'm sorry, right? you said you said great booty. I had to laugh. <laughs> oh. Come on, well, clean up it, that humor. I, it, that hadn't come to me, but okay, I'll take it. Um, sure. So anyway, at this time, there were four kings of England, okay? Okay. And uh, the Vikings kept pillaging. The... Did we lose you? Major? Oh, we did. And they ended up giving the Vikings Scotland so they quit terrorizing their people. Wow. So right across the Irish Sea there, who's there? To this warrior culture that has this great new land. Ireland. Yep. Yep. So that's how the Black Irish Pirates came to be. Wow. My, one of my, uh, my kin is Captain Kidd. He was the original first mate of Blackbeard. No relation and to Captain Kickass. This, this this dude had some tricks up his sleeve. This was back in the day when they had matchlock muskets and such. Okay. Right? They had these big, long, smoldering fuses. And he had this big, nasty beard and all this big, nasty hair. And he'd stuff all these fuses into his face and his head and light them up. And when he'd come to that cloud of cannon smoke looking like the devil himself on fire, it just scared the bejesus out of people. <laughs> Sounds scary. <laughs> But, uh, so anyway, Captain Kidd ended up getting some ships from uh, Blackbeard. And uh, right about that time, there was uh, an armistice signed between the pirates and the crown because they were tired of getting pillaged too. Okay. So they forgave the, the, the sins of all the pirates, and you guys just go ahead and keep your booty, and, you know, that'll be that. But uh, there was three brothers, the Barnetts. And they lived, this is during when they still sold slaves down in Nolens. Okay. If you go down the old French Quarter, there's three great big uh, granite auction blocks. And the one in the middle has a big stone arch over it that says Barnett. There's Barnett banks all over the south. It's old money. Okay. But these three, near as I can figure, were the sons of uh, Captain Kidd. Two of them ran slave ships, and one stayed on the mainland and uh, sold the product. Okay. So, uh, well, hang on, right. hang on, Major, because, I mean, you've hooked us in this long. I, I still fail to see your point, but hopefully you'll get there. Stand by. Captain Kidd and the Barnett Stones. And, Blackbeard. And, and Booty. Let's not forget Booty. That's not funny, Captain. Well, it might be. he said Big Booty. That's still not funny. It's, it's very not funny. funny. It's, it's also funny. attractive. <laughs> <laughs> 603-283-6160.
And we're back. And we're back. We're back. <laughs> I was just trying to get in there before you guys Listen did. quick. Listen, listen quick. Yeah, listen quick. I, yeah. I was trying to usurp the end. <laughs> we're back. It didn't really work out. 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. Uh, we've been talking about these 12 truth bombs by Milton Friedman so far. I approve of 11 of them so far. 10 out of 11? Or, or 10 of them, Ten, ten out of the 11. Or maybe even 9, because, well, whatever. Anyway, one of them I didn't like. Uh, number 11, though, for this segment is the case for prohibiting drugs is exactly as strong and as weak as the case for prohibiting people from overeating. We all know that overeating causes more deaths than drugs do. That's true. Yeah. I've seen uh, it. Yeah. And it's just as ridiculous to prohibit drugs in any way, shape, or form, make them illegal, right? Uh, instead of, you know, people who get addicted, people who do, you know, stupid things when they're on drugs, uh, they need treatment. They do not need prison. They do not need to be felons. They need help. Right. You're going to get people at the Golden Corral at the, at the buffet and start hauling them to jail because you're eating too much? That's no. bad for business. Yeah. Everybody, hands down, would be like, no, that's wrong. But when it comes to drugs, they're like, yeah, throw them in prison. We'll pay for it. I don't care. All Tax right. me more. All right. Uh, we, have to, we have to finish. We have some unfinished business here. Hang on just a second. Let's, uh, is that major? Yeah, major? you gave me a good segue. I was just thinking it must have been that safety meeting that threw your count off there. <laughs> All right, so something about black licorice and uh, Nolens, uh, Barney, Barney Stones. I I didn't say say nothing about no molasses mask. Oh, and uh, and booty, big booty. Booty, yeah. You got your head stuck on that one. All right. I'm I'm a dude, so this story is related to me from my father, from my great uncle Kyle. But but you know, fast forward and get to the point if you can. All right, well, I just got to say that he used to ride a big old Indian, and that does not mean a fat bottom squaw. So you stuck on booty. Put that head in my thought. Yeah, it's a motorcycle. Yeah, so anyway. Are you done? Uh, Is that the end of the story? I thought your story had a point. No, 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 it's not the end of the story. According to Uncle Kyle, there is Captain Kidd's buried treasure still somewhere up around Connecticut, Rhode Island, buried along the coast there. So there's a... LRN.FM Bye, Major. <sighs> That's too bad. I guess we'll never know about Uncle Kyle. And he said it's somewhere in Connecticut. I know that we were just like, getting to the good part. Like, what, what exit on 95 is it? I'll be there. That's kind of near us. Uh, well, the Major's well. been dumped. <laughs> wah, wah. He's been flushed. I should flush more people. No, I'm just kidding. It is pretty funny, even though we can't hear Usually, it. In the studio. I caught it. I'm looking right at you, and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, you were, yeah, I, you were all involved in the story." Something I, I was. He's thinking about Rhode Island. I was hanging on by, you know, I was. They, they sold me the whole seat, but I only needed the edge. Um, so Sunday, Sunday. yeah, that's that's too bad because usually majors got like good stories, and yeah. I just I don't know what yeah. happened. Call back tomorrow. Maybe you had a little too much of the sauce. I don't know. Try to tell. It's always tomorrow. Major pain. Right, so that's my He's drinking Captain, Captain Morgan. He didn't, I thought he was be talking also, about Captain Morgan. Also, Captain <laughs> Kid sounds way too close to Captain Kickass, in my opinion. Every time he said it, I'm like, is he going to say the right one? <laughs> <laughs> Captain Morgan. 
All right, moving right along. Sarah in New Mexico, are you with us? Uh, yes. I'm on. And yep, you're on the I air. What's on your mind? Say that there's a New Mexico state representative that wants a, a high-speed trail, a uh, speed train from Chihuahua, Mexico, to Denver, Colorado. Chihuahua to Denver, okay. So it's those ones that are a, must be magnetic levitation trains. Um, that goes from 150 to 200 miles per hour. And uh, I've seen these at the PBS shows um, when they travel to Japan and Europe many times over. So, you know, they've had these for decades, and I've been talking about it on this uh, radio show. So um, they're really trying to do it um, in connect, I mean, connecting Mexico to New Mexico, I mean, Mexico to New Mexico to Colorado, and they really want to do this. And I, they they had a discussion about it last year. Um, in they the, who? I mean the the New Mexico. They brought it up last year and it got bombed out. So then now he's going to bring bring it up again. Okay. So I'm just really excited. So it's actually it's magnetic. So. It's levitated one inch, I was told. So it doesn't have any friction. So when they run electric currents, it suspends the the trains so that the rails are not touching. So, you know, I'm I'm just really excited. Well, because, Sarah, um, have you been to, I don't know, Europe or anywhere where they do already have these high-speed rails? No, I but I watch Rick Steves' um, European travel shows on PSTBS. Okay, so you've at night. least seen one of these. You know that this isn't really new, and quite honestly, the United States of America is kind of behind the times when it comes to implementing high-speed rail. Are you going to go to Mexico right. if they do this, Sarah? Well, I mean, well, I, I, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to, but it's just the whole point is that we're behind times. That's the whole point. Yeah. Okay. So, right. yeah. So you, they, you and I are on the same page there. They're like, uh, this form of transportation has been around. Uh, it has been, I mean, there's been, I, I can't think of a high speed, you know, a maglev tra- or train accident. I'm sure there's been one, but there's been few enough that everybody thinks that it is a completely safe form of travel. Uh, so the fact that it hasn't been implemented here is bothersome to me, especially in the land of the free, where we're supposed to have free enterprise and the market is supposed to be able they can't. It, it hasn't been done because they have to go ask permission from a whole bunch of different agencies. And then they all have Why? to get together and have a big meeting where they sit down and waste a bunch of people's time. I'm and sure money. they have to do that in Europe, too. I don't think Europe's any better than the U.S. The thing is that the European countries are very environmental. They're fanatical about recycling and electric um, clean energy more so than America. This has been the biggest lobby is the oil companies, and they're being frankly being shoveled aside. But before then, it was petrol oil. So there's so much the free market. It's whoever pays the most money to lobby and stop uh, all these electric cars. Um, they, they're the one that stop all of this um, 
Yes. Uh, high speed rail. Agreed. Yeah. The the bureaucracy, bureaucracy gets in the way of these things happening at the speed at which they should. Right. People invent things all of the time and rarely do they even become a thing, much less make it to market because of all of the hoops that you need to jump through in order to have your invention uh, be released to the general public. Uh, It is. I really believe it's the auto industry, petroleum, the auto industry, insurance companies that were behind stopping one being built from L.A. to San Francisco. They tried it for many, many decades to be, build this, and somebody put a stop to it. You know, who's hindering? It's because they're going to be losing, what, um, 100, what's their, they lost in uh, portfolio, the, the stock market portfolio of, uh, of the petroleum and the car industry when they have this real high-speed trail. And also, people will be riding um, less airplanes, which consume petroleum oil. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, so, I mean, you, you, are, you touch on something that brings to mind the auto industry uh, killed the electric car back in the 60s, I believe. And thanks for the call, Sarah. Uh, so electric cars, the idea has been around for almost as long, if not longer than I've been alive. Or water-powered cars, yeah, that too. 50 years, and the auto industry put it down. Well, that maglev train sounds cool, but ultimately it's going to be run by Amtrak, so it's not going to work. 603-283-6160. More Free Talk Live is coming up. segment of tonight's episode of Free Talk Live. We're here seven nights a week, 7 p.m. until 10 p.m. Eastern Time. If you didn't get on the show tonight, feel free to call back on any day, seven nights a week, with very few exceptions, like Pork Fest and Fork Fest. You know, we even there were a couple of live shows that happened during that time, so the folks up at the fests could have a day off and enjoy the fests without having to do the radio show, so that was nice. However, uh, in the studio, it's myself, the captain. Steve Classic. And Nikki. We've been talking about the 12 truth bombs of Milton Friedman, the Nobel Prize winning economist. Uh, if you're familiar with like Austrian economics or counter economics, anything non-Keynesian, uh, you've probably run across this guy's name or his work. And it's the final segment, so we're just going to read the last one. There are four ways in which you can spend money. You can spend your own money on yourself. When you do that, why then you really watch out what you're doing and you try to get the most for your money. Then you can spend your own money on somebody else. For example, I buy a birthday present for someone. Well, then I'm not so careful about the content of the present, but I'm careful about the cost. (laughs) Then... I can spend somebody else's money on myself. And if I spend somebody else's money on myself, then I'm sure going to have a good lunch. <laughs> Finally, I can spend somebody else's money on somebody else. And if I spend somebody else's money on somebody else, I'm not concerned about how much it is, and I'm also not concerned about what I get. And that's government. And that's close to 40% of our national income. 
Well, that's a home run statement, huh? Knocked it out of the park. Great, wow. Great one to end with. Yep. Thank you, Milton. Uh, we'll post this, of course, uh, on all of our social media stuff. You can find us over at uh, social.freetalklive.com for all of our social media connections. But yeah, Milton Friedman, spot on. Um, all government does is spend other people's money uh, on other people, so they don't care. There's no cost-benefit analysis for them. There's no incentive for them to do it in a way that pleases people. Uh, there's no incentive at all for them to even think about it, and they don't. They just they write these things, they sign their name, and pff, it's gone. Right. And if it doesn't work, they keep spending more money. That is correct. Uh, let's go right to the calls. We've got Olivia in Arizona. Olivia, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, so I came I came to call to, to spill the tea on the other listeners, on the other callers, I mean, the, the regular away. callers, which most of them I find, you know, anywhere from entertaining to uh, tolerable. We span the gambit. Um, <laughs> um, no, I really enjoy Sarah's call. I'm, I'm happy to hear they have a high-speed rail coming. Um, I wish they had one between where I am and, and New Hampshire because I'm not thrilled about flying. Like, that's a really involved process. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really wanted to hear more of Major Payne's story. I was, I was, I was so into it. <laughs> and I it warned gone. him too. I was like, "Okay, dude, don't cuss." And he's like, "I won't." And then he did, and I had to dump him. So he I should know better. Is- he calls in enough. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Dave in New Mexico. I mean, really, all he does is just bore the heck out of us listeners and just kind of expose what an unfit parent he is. I mean, he doesn't have electricity. He only goes to town once a month. What, what are, are his kids really supposed to be raised in the desert heat with no air conditioning in the middle of nowhere with this one guy who rants constantly in this bitter rage about how he doesn't have his kids that he can't support? I don't know. I think it's pathetic, but that's just me. Yeah, I, I get um, you on that. But I also like, and like, well, which caused what? Like, did he spend all his money trying to get his kids back and that's why he lives the way he lives? Or did he live that way before? I don't know this stuff. So. Yeah, what came first, the chicken or the yeah, egg? Yeah, you know. What, what happened to James what happened to James Woodakind? He used to call in all the time. And oh my gosh! Don't, that that's almost that's almost a dumpable offense. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I wouldn't dump you unless you cussed. But but now that you said it, he's going to call tomorrow. Yeah, that's how that works. Yeah. <laughs> did he just disappear on his own, or did he get banned? Uh, well, there was something done on the technical side to prevent that type of a call. And oh. it, it seems to have worked so far. So let's let's try not to summon the guy, shall we? Okay. <laughs> I don't know what she's talking about, but... Uh, good. I'll fill you in later. Okay. Hey, Olivia, thanks for the call. We appreciate you. Need to know basis. Let's move on to uh, Jack calling from Washington State. Jack, you're on Free Talk Live. Well, I really liked Olivia's call, man. Yeah, she's great. Um yeah, I, I uh, was actually calling about Gigi and how much I appreciate her. She's like, I don't know, like a real intellectual. I don't know. Uh, but she, to respect her, she called about the 988 thing. Right. And all that is is more government bureaucracy, and we know it. You know? That's my fear. For that? Yeah, I, I don't really know. You know, so the government basically owns phone numbers. Right, even though people think they own their number, you really kind of don't. Uh, when you like disconnect your cell phone, for example, uh, that phone number does eventually get recycled. 
government is in control. There's something called the North American Number Plan. Uh, there's a website you can go to, nanpa.com, if you want to learn more about th- this organization and what they do and how they manage the telephone numbers. But this is the organization responsible for what we call area code splits. So every now and again, uh, either devices or population will take up all of the available phone numbers in a given area, and they will do what's called an area code split. They'll create a brand new area code, creating you know, hundreds of thousands of new numbers under this new area code. Uh, government is in control of all of that. Uh, so in reality, government owns all the phone numbers. They've decided to allocate like 911 to emergency services and now 988 to suicide. Uh, they also uh, have dictated uh, things like toll-free numbers. So like at first, there was only 1-800 numbers. Then they said, oh, we're going to allow 888 to be the next mm-hmm. toll-free uh, numbers that are out there. And then 877, and then 866, and then 855. And it's all uh, the FCC's rulings on, on this kind of stuff. So yes, they own all the numbers. They own how they're used. They even own uh, an entire bank in every area code with the, so if it's your area code, whatever it is, one, two, three, and then five, five, five. Uh, those don't ever actually get assigned to phones. Yeah, you know, hold on. What the, Hollywood uses the five 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 number, with the exception <laughs> of Hollywood, right? So every time you a see a good lobby, yeah, every time you see a five five number in film or television, uh, it's fake because the government says no, don't assign those to anybody else, so that they can use them in film and television. <laughs> what about two one one and three one one eight one one? Is that the real reason? Yes. That's ridiculous. The Hollywood lobby. Well, so Hollywood is Hollywood. They got a bunch of rich people who can yeah. lobby and contribute to campaigns and stuff. So you know, leave it to them to get something mm-hmm. done. These volunteers on the other uh, side of the line, though. I mean, if I'm suicidal, really suicidal, and I call in somebody who's volunteering to talk to suicidal people, I don't know, man. I don't know if that. Maybe you should go to your father or brother or cousin well, or someone well, as a friend. In, in, go ahead. Well, a lot of these people, I, I don't know if they're volunteers or not. I think it would make more sense to have it be their job so they're getting paid because there's a little bit more reliability in that. And there's more of a screening process with an employee versus uh, someone that's volunteering. But I'm assuming that the people that are on the other line are mental health professionals that have experience in the field and they know how it's not just random people like, ah, that sucks. Sorry. You feel like that. Hopefully you don't kill yourself. My understanding, my understanding with the suicide hotline volunteers is that these are people who have come out of the other side. Uh, They've had some experience with suicide. Maybe they attempted it themselves uh, or a family member has gone through it, whatever. I would actually prefer the people that I'm talking to, if I have to call a suicide hotline, to be volunteers because you know their heart is in it. They're doing it for nothing. Yeah, okay. They want to be there. They want to help people. You can't really question their motives. If it's a paid position, you're going to get people who their heart isn't yeah. in it. They're doing it for the job. They're going to slack. They're going to be like, oh, I'm just doing this to, to watch the clock. Oh, it's five o'clock. Yeah. Sorry, Bob. <laughs> right? You know, sorry, you're suicidal. But contracts I got to go. Yeah. 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 Well, if you ever work at a call center, that's how it works. I, I have, you know, telemarketing or whatever. Yep. But, uh, you know, you, you mean well when you're trying to sell the product or, you know, create an appointment or whatever you're doing. But at the end of the day, everyone just goes out and drinks beers. Uh, anyway, thanks, guys. Hey, have a good night. Thanks for the call.
And what about 1-800-ILLITERACY? I mean, they need a, a shorter thing. Yeah, if only people could read the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> We're out of time. Thanks to all of our callers, our listeners, Nikki, Steve Classic, for being with me in Thanks, the studio Captain. tonight. Thanks, Captain. If you missed any part of our show, find the archives over at freetalklive.com. Thanks, and peace. <laughs>